Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Right, we're Reggie KG on 105 through the fan category. Reginald Atatula, Rigo Mendoza holding it down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On station. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey. And the Odyssey app, the truckred.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation. Do you like what sports television has become? Stephen A. Smith and Dan Lebertard had an exchange today that got the people talking, and Dan Lebertard uh, responded. Dan Lebertard, that is, responded <laughs> uh, to what the reaction was. We'll have that conversation here in just a moment, but it's been a busy night in the NCAA tournament, it is official. There will be no number one seeds Ugh. in the Elite Eight. Ugh. That's because Houston was taken out at the hands of Miami. Meanwhile, or excuse me, Houston was taken out at the hands of Miami. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and um, the other number one seed, Alabama. Alabama, was taken out at the hands of San Diego State. So both Houston and Alabama Join Purdue and Kansas, all four number one seeds gone. Think about this in the NCAA tournament. How about this? What? Oh, you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. San Diego State, Creighton, Princeton, Florida Atlantic, or Kansas State. There it is. We'll be playing for a national championship. Very nice. Um, you know what? In some ways, this should have been. Well, I don't know if should have, but like it makes a little bit of sense. This happens because you you did see over the course of like if you kept up with that, even just the rankings in college basketball, there was a lot of fluctuation of just teams kind of turning over mm-hmm. at the top, which kind of you could take to mean a couple of things. There was a lot of teams that were good, or there was just you know a lot of a decent amount of parity at the top this year in college basketball. And I mean, it feels kind of like the latter of sort in sorts. Uh, in some way. So, hey, um, it is what it is, and it, that's kind of the madness portion of March Madness. And speaking of madness, if can I just get a couple more of these out? Because y'all just keep sending in mm-hmm. uh, the biggest F-up you've seen at work. Because um, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about what was happening at the American Airlines Center, because that's madness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we got to get that in as well. But someone said they blew out their knee doing a moonsault during a wrestling match. Ooh. A wrestling match, Ooh. I should say. Professional wrestling. Uh, that... Did you, did you do something in particular two five four that made it that blew your knee out? Or was it just like, hey man, after a while, sometimes doing all this wrestle mess you up. Uh, so let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, you read this during the break. Sherwin Williams and Coppell <laughs> said their boss used cheap shrink wrap for delivery when they turned and got on one twenty one eight five gallon buckets of paint 
coded both lanes across traffic. They tried to stop traffic, but people kept driving and had they had dozens of complaints and lawsuits. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That was tough. That was tough. Also, oh, this was from the 979. Thought I had put my FedEx truck in park. It was in reverse. Jumped outside the door, and the truck backed out of the driveway into traffic. <laughs> oh, boy. Keep those wow. keep those coming in on the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. Uh, speaking of madness, before we get to Stephen A. Smith and Dan Lebertard, the Mavericks are down by 16 Right now, excuse me, make it 18, 85, 67. They are down by 18 to the Charlotte Hornets right now at the AAC. It is ugly. P.J. Washington is 9 of 14 with 23 points. Gordon Hayward's piecing him up. He's got 20. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr.'s got seven. Meanwhile, for the Mavericks. Him. Yeah, you remember him? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic are a combined Nine of 24 from the field, <laughs> a combined negative 22 on the night Oy. for the Mavericks. All right. All right. Nasty work happening at the AAC and not good for the Mavericks. But I want you to take a listen to this exchange between Stephen A. Smith and Dan Lebertard. This is on the Southeast Sessions um, podcast that Dan Lebertard has, where he's just trying to—he's just kind of trying to interview interesting people mm-hmm. and get into kind of what makes them know. As Stephen A. Smith is promoting his new book, of course, Dan Lebertard comes out the gate smoking about how he feels about Stephen A. Smith and what Skip Bayless have done to sports television. Take a listen. Television. You can say that all you want to. I would say, who the hell start, are you? Start that one more again. Start that him. one more again. As, as, as Rodrigo gets that one together, um, this all it wasn't out the gate. Like this was in the course of mm-hmm. conversation. And I should say for this clip, I'm sorry. Yeah, and yeah. then also Dan Lovatard in having a discussion. They had just come off of discussing uh, Stephen A. Smith's relationship with um, with sorry Skip Bayless, mm-hmm. um, and apparently they're good. And they had a little bit of beef at one point, but now you know they're good. So they had gone through that, and then. Dan Lebatar gives this this uh, this point. I hate what you two have done to sports television. You can say that all you want to. I would say, who the hell are you to sit up there and say me and him? What about you? What the hell were you I'm living talking, under a rock, I'm teaching ta- at, at Miami? You you were part of it too. I'm talking. You ain't innocent. I'm talking about all the imitators that you have birthed. Uh, all of the all of the imitators that are all over the place thinking without the journalism credentials, that uh, the the point of all this is to turn it into an argument on television. Well, I would take on, Bridget, what you're saying in this regard, Dan. Those people who don't have a journalism background, um, who don't exercise uh, journalistic ethics and beyond, how are we responsible for that when our background is based on that? Skip Bayless was a journalist for decades. I was a journalist for decades. We came, we come on television and those ethics are applicable. The fact of the matter is, is that when I take a position, it's the same kind of position I would take writing a column. The difference is, instead of writing 800 words and being limited to that space, I get to talk for a few minutes on each subject. When was it, when did it, when did it happen that I ignored the fact that I was a journalist for the Winston-Salem Journal the Greensboro News and Record, the New York Daily News, and then the Philadelphia Inquirer. 
before I went to CNNSI and then Fox Sports and then ESPN. When was it, when did it occur in my career that I ignored the journalistic tenets that came with the job? Oh, it's not ignoring them. It's that they shrink in the face of the need for the argument as entertainment. Okay. We'll get to Dan Lebatar's response to all the reaction to it a little bit later yeah. on. But the premise being that sports television in the eyes of Dan Lebetard has taken for a, a turn for the worst, for the worst, I should say, because of the ways that we have seen sports television evolve over the past 20 years, whether it be from Pardon the Interruption with Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon all the way to what we see in terms of the hot take debate shows, mm -hmm. embracing the debate first take uh, speak, or I should say, I'm sorry, undisputed. Uh, speak to a degree as well on FS1. In your face, Hellman. Uh, whatever show you want to conjure up, it has taken on a life of its own. Where do you fall when it comes to this particular uh, discussion between Stephen A. and Dan Lebertard? Um, the tough thing about it is I actually think I'm kind of with Stephen A. here. Like, I, Of course, I've listened to the entirety of this conversation, so I have a little bit more um, context. Uh, one, Stephen A. just talked like that. Like, obviously, it was an impassioned portion of it, cause, mm -hmm. but he he was cool all the way around. Like that, he was not mad. I think it's the point that I wanted to make there. Um, I think he's right. Like, I don't think you can blame that squarely on Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, first take, wh however you feel about them. Which I know a lot of people. There's there are people rather that don't like those guys individually and like as a tandem with what they did on first take. Oh, but like if you were saying that, you'd be you'd be exercising some level of scapegoating, right? Um, Stephen A. made a point that I was thinking, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm glad he made it. Hey, man, um, the idea of like around the horn, which again, that also has folks with um, journalistic kind of backgrounds. That was on before first take hot got on. Part of the interruption was on before first take got on. Mm -hmm. And then the thing that came to mind for me was like, hey, man. Y'all forget that sports talk radio existed? Like, this, th those things are happening. Those are just TV elements of sports talk radio that has existed forever, right? Like, a lot of the things that we talk about, this is just kind of the way that folks have talked about sports. It's now, it's more visible. And I think the thing that you, are, that you can easily and rightfully be mad about is that some of this is the nature of TV with those conversations that can kind of flatten flatten things in some ways because again tv you don't have as much space to you know lay out and lay out an argument although again sometimes more more time to lay out an argument doesn't necessarily give you a bit better argument but with all that being said like again i truly really truly believe that a lot of this is just kind of how people talk about sports um I, I i have a hard time doing the yo those guys in particular yeah um but yeah, man, some of this also is like the nature of what rates, man. Like these things. Mm -hmm. Now the, we're getting to some of it here. The, yes. the way that folks talk about these things often denies like the larger culpability in it, which is like, hey, man, why are y'all doing this? This stinks. And I'm like, you realize that they're always responding to ratings. And I think that's some of what people have lamented about why they don't engage with sports television or debate shows or whatever the case may be these days because of several elements in my mind. Number one, sensationalism that comes with some of this and what are the most inflammatory things that I can say or the most controversial things that I can say 
that will draw attention to me. And in turn, I think individuals believe that some of this, in a lot of ways, uh, is contrived in the way that these arguments go or these conversations go that turn into quote-unquote viral moments because some may feel that these individuals are looking for their next viral moment to create attention for themselves and for their show. And into some what you're talking about, what do the ratings say? That's why we see shows all over the place talking about the Cowboys all the time because what draws? Talking about America's team mm-hmm. in whatever way that you want to. But I think part of the other thing that, at least for me, that I lament about sports, you know, television in some ways, the way it's done, is that a lot of it, it feels like you need to say whatever you feel like it is that's not based in any sort of fact. It's based in not just opinion, but not educated opinion, if you will. Sure. And I hear you on that. And I guess this is where you start to ask, what is the responsibility of the folks in these positions? But y'all, y'all talk to your homies. Y'all been in the barbershop. People have said terrible things and ridiculous things about sports since the beginning of time. And I think that's where it's appropriate at. But if you're going to be considered a quote unquote professional and getting on television and in radio and other mediums where there's a responsibility and a journalistic integrity of sorts to give and disseminate information, one, that's based in fact, two, if you are going to opine on something, what level of argument are you going to have, are you able to make rather than saying the most controversial thing that you could say to draw attention to? So I think the standard Well, the, the point that, that I'm way. making is not simply that like, yo, I think that sometimes we make this about, yo, they are trying to be controversial. And sometimes it's like, yo, that is what they believe. And it happens to be controversial. Right? Like, I think that they're, there's not enough consideration of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, there are some times where like, you, you got to play this up in some ways, right? You have to make sure that your opinion is something that is worthy of being on air and like creating the, I guess, confrontation or like mm-hmm. the, the, you know, having the sides to this conversation. Um, but there's there's a lot more times than we care to realize. Hey, man, sometimes just someone's had a bad opinion that you disagree with. Um and so I think that there's some of that. Like, Even if that opinion is based in a level of truth or fact based on them opining about whatever it is that they are are talking about in that case. You no, know, some of this is like, one, not everybody's equipped to have some of these conversations. And two, sometimes like the conversations that we would prefer that we feel like are the best are not ones that people would care to actually listen to. Yes. like, And I, I hate to say that because I think that we both pride ourselves and feel like we at least attempt to have conversations that are worthwhile and that are well thought out in some ways. But yeah, man, sometimes you look up and you're like, hey, man, the conversations that we you might feel are the best are not always the ones that people are the most entertained by. Um, but yes, again, some of this is also the idea of entertainment product. Um, I Look, the... Okay, cool. I was like, I just hope that that's not something that I did. I did yeah. not break anything. That beep happened, and um, we're just going to keep moving. But yeah, no, I... Sports TV is problematic in some ways also because there is just an insatiable desire for sports. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's not enough things to go around. So sometimes we are also having to scrape the barrel and we have to find ways to talk about things that don't need to be talked about or at least don't need to be talked about in the levels or the ways that we have to talk about them. And again, I that feels like more the nature of the beast itself than like the the actors participating, you know? It's ironic because last thing I'll say on this is that one of the things that we've talked about with Hellman when it comes to what he does and others who we appreciate who are on television these days 
that the prevailing conversation for those who feel like sports television in some ways or sports radio in some ways is sensationalized is that it's refreshing to hear individuals who talk with a kind of levity and honesty based on factual opinions rather than saying the most controversial thing that they can say and that people admire those characteristics in some ways given what we've seen in the sports landscape when it comes to television and radio and how the entertainment appears to at times take over what actually should be done, which is talking about and opining about sports or whatever subjects surround sports in that way, that we celebrate those who are actually doing it in a way that makes sense in some way. If they have the same opinion as us. Like sometimes you also got to remember folks want to see themselves reflected in this. True. Uh, Hey, man, you be watching that wrestling, right? Like also, also. Sometimes you need a villain. <laughs> right? Sometimes a villain, also, sometimes a villain is more interesting to watch than a hero. Well, the villain tonight is Brittany Renner's baby daddy because he's out All here right. putting in work okay. for the Charlotte Hornets because right. P.J. Washington and the Hornets right now are handling business against the Dallas Mavericks. It is 93-82. to 82. Are they going to drop a hundo before the third quarter's over? Against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, P.J. Washington got 26 on the night, by the way, for the Charlotte Hornets. Coming up <laughs> next on the Get Right, three crucial questions for the Rangers. And how much is Shohei Otani about to make on his next contract? We'll tell you next on the Get Right. This segment on the fan is brought to you by Frankel and Frankel. There's a reason you need a special license to drive a big truck. So companies that hire drivers and put them in a big truck should be held accountable for what happens when one hurts you. Frankly, you need Frankel and Frankel. The consultation is always free. Visit truckrec.com. Three crucial questions for the Rangers ahead of opening day. It's the get right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Regal Mendoza holding it down for you. It's the beginning of the fourth quarter. The Mavericks have closed it to within five, down 95 to 90 with 11.30 left in the fourth quarter. Mavericks, who have been down by double digits for a majority of this game, now waking up, it appears, in the fourth quarter to try and get themselves back into this game as they need a win and a win badly against the Charlotte Hornets B team. We'll keep you up to date on everything happening at the AAC as it gets ready to go final shortly. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg, at Atula, opening day, less than a week away for your Texas Rangers. And, Reg, we got the news today that is it is official. The $185 million man, Jacob DeGrom, will be your opening day starter. I don't know how they can sell out opening day twice, but I feel like they will now. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. I was talking to our friend Carter Freeman earlier, and I was mm-hmm. like, Carter, what if? What if they were like, let's start John Gray on opening day? Because that'd be a great way to sell out your first two games. <laughs> right? Right? Like, hey, uh, opening day, y'all going to come for it. And then DeGrom on Saturday. Like, I'd be like, that would have been cool. But, of course, they're going to do the right thing and start the ace. That's right. your Texas Rangers. That's right. Jacob DeGrom. I have to rewind back for a quick second because we were on air when the Jacob DeGrom news broke and we tried to like get back to talking Cowboys. We looked at each other. It was like, yeah, we probably (laughs) should stay on this DeGrom thing because Jacob DeGrom was the biggest free agent pitching prize in the market this past offseason. 
And Chris Young said, hey, I told y'all we needed pitching. So guess what I'm going to do? Get the best player in the league when he's healthy. <laughs> I'm going to go get that dude. And he did it and made good on his promise. That's when officially Chris Young had earned all my respect in the world. I said, oh, this is a man who keeps his word. And when he keeps his word, he ain't playing with y'all about it. And he did so by getting Jacob DeGrom. This comes from Kennedy Landry, one of our favorites here ah. on the Get Right. On the get right. Uh, three crucial questions for the Rangers ahead of opening day. As as we mentioned, Jacob DeGrom going to be getting the start on opening day. Of course, you got stars like Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager on this baseball team as well. Looking forward to the return of Mitch Garver as well in this lineup. A lineup. DHing. That's right. That's going to have a lot of pop in it. Hopefully for Josh Young, a young player starting at third base for this team. Lots to look forward to. They do need to figure out the back of their lineup, though. Mm-hmm. You know, Yeah, honestly. after the, your first six guys, hitters seven through nine, you got a little bit of question about. But, hey, your first six, not too shabby. Nope. Especially with a Silver Slugger Award winner in Nathaniel Lowe mm-hmm. in the middle of that lineup who hit over 300 last year for the Texas Rangers. Question number one that she has, though. How much will Jonah Heim and Mitch Garver split time behind the plate this year? Jonah Heim, of course, stepped up by catching 111 games last year, last year with a slash line of 262, 313, 467. Grabbed a hold of that position mm-hmm. very Bef- well, yeah. Before the All-Star break, before he struggled at the plate during the second half of the year. Mitch Garver, of course, coming off of injury, going to be reinserted into this lineup as well. How much will those two split time? time behind the plate well i mean some of it is tough because both of those guys are bats that you would like to have in your lineup particularly Mm -hmm. mitch garver mitch garver a little bit older like i do think that obviously while you would like him um in the lineup catching is a little up and down for him at times so you'd like him to be able to dh but also i don't know about them carrying other um catchers at that point so um They'll split a decent amount of time, but I imagine Jonah Heim is primarily your catcher as long as it, as long as he can hold it down and not, um, not have another slump like he did uh, late in the season, like as you mentioned. So yeah, no, I, I think that it'll be. I don't know that it'll be fifty fifty. I think it'll be higher on Jonah, as I, apparently also Kennedy says, as I looked at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's gonna be a lot of a lot of Kennedy. Oh, sorry, a lot of Jonah. Um, with a little bit of Mitch sprinkled in to keep his bat in the lineup on days where you have other hitters sliding into the DH role. Real quick on that note, um, I know that I I heard something from uh, from Bruce Bruce Bochy himself mm-hmm. talking about that they split the that they'll give it more to Jonah like you guys were saying. But there's also that DH position that that's open and and I think uh, Garber played uh, fairly decently yesterday. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we had the game on here on 105 through the fan. That's right. Yeah, no, Garver is basically your full, first choice DH at this point. It seems like and. I think you'll see a lot of him there, but of course, getting guys days off or you know keeping their uh, their bats in the lineup in order to kind of facilitate that. I think Garver will end up catching sometimes to keep his bat in the lineup. Bochy saying, I think it's fair to say Jonah will do a bit more catching, especially with Mitch uh, where he's at now. Mitch is doing great. We certainly want to keep him healthy. I wouldn't put it at fifty fifty to be honest. It's going to be a little higher uh, on Jonah, I think, to get the share of the catching time with Mitch. I can't say how many games he'll be catching, but we'll see how he feels. This is one that's going to get you charged up because I know you're excited about what this outfield could look like, specifically with Leone Tavares. Question number two from Landry. 
if Leone Tavares isn't ready for opening day, will Bubba Thompson start in center field? And you know how I feel about my man Bubba Thompson. How's that? It's time to let Bubba cook. Let that speed get out there and cook a little bit. Yeah, that part is fun. He hit uh, 302 last year, uh, making sure that, you know, that the bat is working, I think, is really mm-hmm. the interesting part of it. You get him on base, it's going to be fun this year in particular with all of the things that we have, the bigger bases and, you know, the uh, the pitch outs and all of those things. I think that you might – and then, of course, like, no shift. I, I think you might get him into a place where he might be able to have some fun on the base paths. But, yeah, I, I think that you go with Bubba Thompson – um, but again, we're we're finding out that Leoti might not be out uh, uh, as much as long as we thought he might. So I, I think you let Bubba play a little bit and then get Leoti back into center field and his rightful role. But I mean, either way, I don't think you're concerned about the defensive capabilities of your center fielder. I think what it is making sure that the offense is there in the way that you want it to be. And Tavares has been sidelined since March the sixth with a low grade oblique strain. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what this opening day outfield looks like because obviously you're going to have Adolis Garcia in your outfield. Robbie Grossman is taking hold of the left field position at this point. So you've got Adolis in right, Grossman in left with your center field position up in the air right now. Maybe yeah. Bubba Thompson gets some opportunities to see what he can do there. Maybe maybe expressly because of the – I mean, obviously he's been putting the ball in play pretty well in spring training. Um, but then also, like, the speed that you can have there. I think that's always going to be something that's on a manager's mind when you have a, a, an opening in center field, and Bubba Thompson fits that profile. Finally here, which I think is something that's going to be something we watch and are concerned about throughout the course of the year, and it's, of course, the bullpen for this team. Will the starting pitching depth stay in the big leagues in long relief roles or head to AAA? Dane Dunning, Glenn Otto, Cole Reagans, who's been some of the talk of this Ranger spring training. Mm-hmm. Some of those guys having opportunities in longer relief roles to be able to help provide some depth to this bullpen, particularly in Dane Dunning, who's going to get squeezed out out of the starting rotation, given the arms that Chris Young has brought in this past offseason. Yeah, that, this is a really interesting question. I think it might kind of split. I'm very fascinated by the Cole Reagans thing since we had Levi Weaver on and told us that he just added six miles per hour out of nowhere. <laughs> I I love that concept, but no, like I, I I think that you might split it just because of the necessity in the bullpen, right? We've seen the bullpen is a little, it's not as polished as you like it to be, and of course, like the sure. bullpen is probably the most malleable part of your roster that you could you can kind of shape a little bit throughout the course of the season more than anywhere else. And but it's a wild card from year to year for teams as well. Absolutely. But you need, you're going to, you know that you're going to need those arms. So I think that some of them getting them the opportunities to have that say that still that starting pitching rotation at AAA will be nice, but you need some help in your bullpen. And I think that some of those guys set up pro- perfectly to be long relievers of sorts uh, of sorts to kind of help you out, help you get through the big league portion of it. Because this is the thing. If you send them all to AAA and the bullpen isn't what you need it to be, like what's the point, right, for the for the opportunity to mm-hmm. maybe slide them into your rotation? No, you need to find a balance there, and I think that's probably what uh, a sensible manager like Bruce Bochy would probably get done. And, of course, looking forward to Taylor Hearns' role in this long relief role mm-hmm. as well this year. And, then of course, don't forget, Jake Odorizzi is still mm-hmm. one that once he is, you know, once he actually gets up to speed, because I know that he's had uh, some, I forget what the actual term was. It left my mind as soon as I was about to say it, but he's had some injury issues. 
Um, so once he gets up to speed, um, arm fatigue, there we go. Arm fatigue is what Jake Odorizzi was dealing with. I think once he gets to the place where it, it'll help navigate this a little bit better. But yeah, I think that you, you end up with a little bit of a split probably. Well, those are some questions, some crucial questions heading into opening day for the Texas Rangers. Uh, by the way, Hornets on a 10-0 run in the last two oh minutes to increase the lead back up to nine after a Dennis Smith Jr. three-pointer gives them the nine-point lead. Um, before we get out of here on this particular break, before we go inside the gray area, so Buster and Olney of ESPN, of course, coming off the World Baseball Classic where Team Japan defeated Team USA, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani putting on an epic moment for us in all the sports. To close out the WBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, reports that Shohei Otani's next contract mm-hmm. could be $600 million. Sure. Why would it not? Why would it not? You made a great point earlier today that I hadn't like said explicitly, but it's probably fair. It's like, hey man, you basically got two players out. You get of two players. You know what I mean? Like, hey. <laughs> you get a a guy who can throw 102 miles an hour and oh, by the way, hit the ball 450 feet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you're paying for two players. And by the way, he still might be underpaid. <laughs> That's the crazy part about it. But yeah, no, and this is the thing, right? These are all market-dictated things. You tell me if you just leave this open, if you just make this like an auction-type oh situation, that right? That would be so fun. Right, and of course, it would never go like this because Shohei obviously would want to dictate where he wants to go, where he wants to live, who he wants to play with. But if this was just like open auction, Shohei Otani, start the bidding. Boy, that number would be insane. So, yeah, give him $600 million. Why not? <laughs> Coming up next on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan, we go inside the gray area. Why y'all need to stop eating pizza with a knife. What? Next on the Get Right. Back here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan with 2.36 left. The Charlotte Hornets up 112-103 on the Dallas Mavericks. About to go inside the gray area here in just a moment. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yep. Regal Mendoza holding it down for you here. I feel like this show has flown by. It's a Friday night, man. Yeah. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll get you caught up on the latest headlines across sports, including what was an upset-filled night in the NC2A tournament to the chagrin of my man, Reginald Atatula. K-State still in it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your face. Your face was like, I was wrong about all the other stuff. But yeah, hey, no, at least my leg- team still Legitimately. <laughs> legitimately. <laughs> It's not e- it's not even the oh man Reggie likes the University of Houston. No, it really is. I was wrong and I hate that. I really dislike that. I try not to be like a jerk about it, right? Cuz like nobody likes to do that you're wrong and you're and you're a hole about it, right? But no, I'm, I'm I'm I'd be lying if I said I was happy about being wrong by any means. Um that's tough. That's tough. Uh rest in peace to RJ Choppy's bracket and his uh Trying to win the uh, whole thing with the morning show. Oh, yes. Yeah. He was officially eliminated tonight. At least thankfully for me, right? Like, I don't have that level of um, of stakes on my bracket. But in the nobody cares about this, you know, this bracket pool. But um, here at the office, we got a bracket pool. 
and I've been leading wire to wire. Wire brother. to wire. And Look at you. Champ gone. It's over. Right? Like, champ gone. Oh, it's over. Oh, no. Unless, unless someone like K-State win and nobody had that picked. Like, I am, I am. in fact, even then, I am cooked because my my two national championship teams are Oh, out. both out? Alabama, Houston. Oh, it happened like that. So, yeah. Man. Again, no real stakes. I just hate being wrong. And look, I'm not asking for your pity. Please don't. It's not really, you don't have to. I'm just sitting here. And I really, the only reason I'm talking about it is because KG brought it up that uh, my face looks some type of way. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Rigo, let's go inside the gray area here on the, uh, on the get right. As we do, counting down the final couple minutes uh, in the Mavericks and Hornets game again. Mavericks down by nine 114 to 105 uh as they trying to find a way to desperately come back in this game are we gonna talk about this game like in the next segment is that what we're gonna do yeah we will okay. um and it's gonna be rather reactionary because luca is two assists away from a triple double and it doesn't look like it's gonna matter tonight the headline goes like this gentlemen People who eat pizza with a knife and fork finally explain why they're so different. Which people? The people who eat their pizza. Yeah, no, but like, which people who eat the like? Where did where did this get conducted? How many people did? Like, what sample are we talking about? Uh, this was on Reddit. Oh. Um, of course, very large community where questions can be thought out and pondered. Fair enough. One Pontification. Of the, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, one of those questions to have recently been answered by dozens of people, people who eat pizza with knife and fork, why? Here are some of the answers. Answer number 10. I don't have a single freaking tooth left in my head. Just about anything I eat requires a sharp knife. Huh. Yeah, because they otherwise they just be gumming that thing down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you ever given a baby something like that? You just watch them gum on it. Oh, yeah, I watched my my child do it. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. It is a hilarious thing. Obviously, not necessarily the greatest uh, predicament for a full adult. Uh, yeah, so I get I get it if you gotta, but how how tiny do you gotta get that thing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, to yeah, oof. that's that's kind of. But hey, yeah, no, I I feel like you, you have laid out a good argument there. Not this, not saying that I'm the. You know what? I am the arbiter. I just decided. All Judge right. Reggie's in court again. Okay, that is a passable reason for using a fork and knife. How about this answer? Mm-hmm. Number nine. Mainly, it forces me to slow down and appreciate the pizza instead of just shoving it in my mouth. Huh. Okay. I like the thoughtfulness of it. I'll play devil's advocate here. Okay. Oh. Why? Opposing counsel? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. So why can't you just take your time to savor the pizza while it's in your hand and just slowly That's chew my on point. It? Yeah. Savor the, you know, do a little ratatouille, you know, just kind of let the flavors kind of ratatouille. I got you know what, what he the, meant. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it might not have been the best way to explain it, but you, I understood it. Let me tell you something. Hey, cut the music off for a second. Cut the music Fair off. Wow. Let me tell you something. Music on. Cut the the answer you just gave right there is so representative of where I am in my stage of life. <laughs> what, you ain't watched Ratatouille? Of course I have. Yeah. But who invokes Ratatouille just off rip? Rodrigo. My point being, you are all of what? 20? 24 turning 25 in July. Point made. Fair enough. Turn the music back on. Ratatouille's elite work. Um, now, again, didn't say that, but the fact that we're, we can invoke Ratatouille off rip. <laughs> text in truckwreck.com, text line 877-881-1053. Have you watched Ratatouille? 
Um, yeah, no, I, I, I love because it's the thing, right? You being real. I'm sorry. I'm laughing what the Hornets are doing with the basketball right now. They're keeping it away. It's comedy. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going to talk about this segment <laughs> next. We're going to talk about this oh, yeah, next segment. We are. Segment, we okay? are. <laughs> uh, hey, man, look, y'all being real ableist right now, not everybody can just do things. Sometimes you got to give yourself, you know, devices and things to help you achieve a goal that you want. They seem to have, a, you know, this device of, I know that I don't have that self-control myself, as Luca got a block. Wow. That's um, a block. Yep. They called a foul on him, though. Yep. And, of course, he immediately got upset, as he does. But, I mean, it looks like he has got good uh, reason to. Again, we're going to talk about it next segment. Stop. (laughs) Stop it. Stop. (laughs) Welcome to the Friday night portion of the Get Right. This segment's about pizza. 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 We're talking about pizza. What are we talking about? Things that don't frustrate you more. Pizza. Pizza. Um, Yeah, yeah, no. So, I understand. Not pasta. Not spaghetti. We're talking about pizza. Allen Iverson was a nice touch. I like that. That was oh, a good. You. That was a good segue. Uh, no, I just, just look. If you need to use a fork and knife to help yourself slow down, I think that's fair. At least it was thought through. I love this answer. Number eight. Number eight. You ever tried to lift a slab of deep dish to your face? Oh, that's a great point. Like the deep dish is not really an easy thing. Now the question is, why are you eating deep dish pizza? But hey, again, your prerogative. Do what you want. Okay, wait. We need to uh, take a pause for the cause for a second. What do you mean? Why are you not? Why are you eating deep dish pizza? Are you not a deep dish pizza person? Not really. Oh, okay. Where have you gotten your deep dish pizza from? I'm curious now. I don't remember. It's been a while. Have you ever had Giordano's? No. That'll change your life. Method had that sent to you. Okay, yeah, dude. That's if, if you pay for it. Yeah, I'll eat, have to do that. I'll eat the deep dish. I mean, your boy take care of you. Know your boy take care of you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Look at money, money bags, Kevin no, over here. No, 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 Who no, else no. wants a deep dish? We're going to have a deep dish party on KG. <laughs> uh, number six. That's right. Um, that's the normal way of eating a traditional Italian pizza. I have no idea on that. With a fork and knife, that's the way to eat a traditional Italian pizza? I've never heard I'm of that. I'm calling shenanigans. Yeah, on I'm calling Cap on that. I'm going to call my Italian friend during the break. <laughs> from the three, two, one. Does KG buy pizza from the mall? He does. When I have to. By the way, when you have to. Nah, the way you was talking about Sparrow, you was on our keys. You were on our case about some Sparrow. I know damn well it ain't when I need to. I'm saying like when I'm at the mall. Yeah, like if I need to, I'm at the mall. Yeah. Um. By the way, <laughs> uh, you want some real good pizza? Go to your local Sam's Club. Yeah. Yep. Sam's Club. Fire. And it'll cost you one fifty-seven or something like yep, that. Yeah, that's yeah. about right. Yep, <laughs> just about there. Prices of eggs can go up. Everything else can go up. <laughs> no, pizza won't. Ever. No, but this point. is the thing. That's an elite point. No, Very this is good. the thing. The that's own, a great point. Both Sam's Club and Costco. Both of the owners were like, "Look, man, this is something that we are going to keep the same. Whatever the whatever we have to do. I don't. I don't know if they. Act, I think they take a loss on it, but then I think they also have like tried to make it so that it is oh! maximum efficient. <laughs> We're talking about it next segment. Um, we They try to make it so it's maximum efficient so that it doesn't, like, take a huge loss. But they're like, look, it is worth it as a benefit to our customers, to our, really is like the subscribers, right? Because they have, it's like a club membership um, or members or whatever. So they do that as a perk for their members to, to keep the value of that. Because those are the things that people remember, right? Like, even if it's, it's a very small benefit when you consider all of it, you know, all together. But it's 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 one of those things that might get someone to come in the door, 
in an oddly weird way. Like, it's not a big investment from them, but people come through for it. So, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By and the way, they got churros. That's dope. Oh, good point. By the way, my reaction was to Dennis, Dennis Smith's three-pointer. We're talking about it next segment, KG. I had to pay it off, though, because they were probably wondering, like, why is KG yelling? They're just going to have to warn her. Because Dennis Smith Jr. has put the dagger in the Dallas Mavericks heart for this game tonight. Deep three, too. Deep yeah, dished. man. Oh, oh, hey. It's not a dish. It was a shot, though. Come on, Reds. Damn. Invalid. Damn. Invalid. Wow. I guess you did make yourself. Joke overruled. <laughs> Um, let's see here. Other answers on why people eat pizza with a fork and a knife. Number five, I like my hands to avoid getting sticky and food it up if I can. Food it up sounds nasty. Yeah, that sounds. I don't know what. I don't, I don't know why you would say it like that, but food it up sounds nasty. Well, that's the way that the person said uh, it. No, I know. I'm, I'm talking yeah, about uh, that person, uh, not uh, you. Uh, why'd uh, you get defensive? I, I know. I was like, hey, what are you doing? Um, yeah, that feels like. Look, it's pizza. How are you messing this up? Like how how is this such a problem? Like it's one of the it's one of the foods that's supposed to be eaten by hand. Like if if it's if there's some other reasons that I I think I see that one feels like the least least reasonable. Number four depends on the pizza if it's thick and unwieldy unwieldy. Uh, absolutely laden with toppings, I might reach for a fork. But if it's if it's a standard slice, I'm picking it up. Sounds reasonable. A lot how, of toppings might how, get a little heavy. How unwieldy is this? Pizza oh. with a lot of toppings on it. You can't fold it? Oh my God. Uh, I guess not for them. Okay. Answer number three. One one must always distinguish themselves from the peasants. That's I'll a, allow it. That's a real of course you would. Mm-hmm. Of course you would. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two. That sounds like a good bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Eating my pizza with my fork and my knife. Hmm, yes, delightful. <laughs> mm, delectable. <laughs> let, me, let, let me drink my uh, drink with my pinky up, up, up. I quite like this. What did you call it? Pepperoni? <laughs> Fantastic. Little restroom. And Meat sip. lovers. I, I, will, I will have a little more sip of my Baja Blast. <laughs> with my supreme pizza. By the way, nothing supreme happening at the AAC because it's okay. officially a final. All right. 117-109 Mavericks with arguably their worst loss of the season. Do we have to go back to hurt feelings? We'll get to that next segment. Um, finally, last answer in why people eat a pizza with a fork. and Or last two answers. Uh, number two, typically I don't do it because I'm working at my PC and don't want to have crumbs. To, uh, want to have to wipe my hands off every time I need to type something. Okay. Yeah. I see that. I can see that. And the number one answer on Reddit on why people eat their pizza with a fork and a knife. Very simple. To slow me down. Yeah. I thought we already got that one. That, that was just. Oh, it came one. back around? Yeah, it came back around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's I I understand that. Uh, For me, it's just like I got to go and get like a fork and a knife. This feels like a lot more work than just eating this pizza out this box. But again, I think there's some reasonable situations. Um, Rigo. You know what we haven't done yet? All right. It's time for KG's word of the day. What's this word, KG? Supplementary. Woo! I'm prepared. Y'all not going to get me, man. You know the level of difficulty just going to keep going up, right? All right. Not tonight, anyway. It came in more difficult than winning a game for the Mavericks. All right. That's inside the gray area here on the get right.
Revenge of KG on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we get you caught up on the latest headlines in the NCAA tournament upset field night, and the Mavericks lost to the Hornets B team. We'll tell you how next on the Get Right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 